It's un- it's probably going to be called the original doll. So. Hi, my name is Timo, aka Tim O Spears, and Lipe, aka Lipe Servat, and you're listening to Original Doll, the podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Okay, uh, hello everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> hello, my name is Timothy. Thank you for listening. And Felipe is on the call, and we have a special guest today. We're looking forward to having her. We want to thank everyone who's been very supportive um, during this podcast. You know, it's been, what, two weeks already? It's been been two weeks, and I cannot be more happy to see. Actually, I just was checking the analytics of our podcast this morning, and we have 500 um, listeners so far. So this is big. Like I'm pretty sure we were literally literally thinking that was going to be just me and him (laughs) listening. And we have all of these people listening. So we're really, really, really happy and appreciate of you guys following us and, you know, listening to all the podcasts. So thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, and we just did our first, we're going to do a first giveaway. Um, I'm looking forward towards it. I'm lightly like I'm moving soon. So I'm like, it's one less thing to move. So, (laughs) Um, we're going to be doing uh, a baby one more time since that's the era that we're kind of currently in. It's going to be the 20th anniversary cassette tape sold exclusively at Target where I may have been harassed at. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a limited edition like you were telling me and um, it might have a light scratch. I'm sorry. It's only because Timothy doesn't take care of all his <laughs> merchandise. But um, I just wanted to give it away to um, a friend. So it's unopened and we want to give it to one lucky listener. Yes. And actually that cassette, is, I mean, I'm a collector, so I do collect a lot of things for Britney. And that uh, cassette is really, really rare to find. So make sure you guys go to our last post on our on original doll podcast on instagram and make sure you just follow all the rules and maybe you're yeah gonna be it's the simple winner. rules it's just like and follow we're not trying to ask you to do too much no need yes. to tag a friend or anything along those lines so it should be it's going to be randomized we promise and, unfor- and that, that winner will be on october 26 2020 and unfortunately we cannot ship to uh, overseas at this time, but maybe in the next one we are going to. But I want to thank for the bottom of my heart and Timo that we really appreciate your support. So thank you so much, you guys. Talk about Today it. we have a very special guest. Her name is Claire. Her Instagram is if you seek CK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you okay. seek CK. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, Claire and I kind of go way back. So she's been wanting to be on the podcast, and um, here she is today. So hi, hi Claire. I'm so excited hi. to be here. This, I, I, Timothy was going to make me wait until um, I want to go, but that's not for, like, you know, 50 singles. So I made sure. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> eras later. Oh, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, so let's just have you before. <laughs> the reason why I wanted you on for I Want to Go is because I know you really like that song and era, like the, the yeah. album. Like one of the album was, it was really good for yeah. you. So I was like, let me, I want to make sure we're going to get think, someone who's going to be passionate. I think you have a picture of the, the when I Want to Go outfit, don't you? I like, do. Don't you have it? I do. I, I wore the I Want to Go outfit to a piece of me show. Um, she looks so good, you guys. You gotta go check on her Instagram. <laughs> I should. I need to find more because I was like, we didn't take enough pictures during that show, but it's because during that succession we all like chose themes, and that happened to be my theme that day. 
we would go on like <laughs> we'd go for like three days in a row. So that's how it worked. <laughs> well, we'll ask you more yeah. about your Britney kind of like how you fell into Britney along those lines later on in the podcast. Yeah. But, but I wanted to introduce you first because right now there's kind of like this light controversy um, within the free. I mean, within the Britney Spears fan base and some free Britney activists because there was, you know, these vinyls that had been released almost over the past two years yeah. exclusively through different retailers. But the most recent one has been kind of, it was going to be for record record store, store record day. day record store day yeah thank you yeah. i i apologize for saying that backwards um <laughs> and it was been kind of been teased for us for a while so mm. it kind of came out of nowhere i think it was delayed due to covid mm. yes and now yes. it was yeah. it's back in our hands did you, did you guys get it did you guys bought it no <laughs> i did i did too i bought two oh. i bought two but one well, one's but, a gift I mean, but we'll okay. let's talk. Let's talk about the let's talk about the why. Okay, so what, the reason I wanted to touch touch base with this topic in our podcast was because um, some of you guys started following me after the orig original Doll podcast released, and a lot of you guys from even the free breathing movement, and you know, if even fans, and I actually got bashed for buying the vinyls. Okay, first of all. For people that don't know me, I have been collecting Britney since the beginning. I have more than a thousand CDs, DVDs, and whatever. So I'm a very, very, like, a huge collector. So when, back in the days, like, maybe two or three years ago, when Britney started releasing, Arbonaut Future started releasing the vinyls, it was when Free Britney was started to be bigger. People were saying, let's boycott the brand. So the first three albums, The Baby One More Time, Britney, and I don't remember what the other one was released, I didn't buy any of those because I was supporting Britney, yeah? yeah, right? But then eventually now, eventually I bought them, you know, from eBay. But then I realized as a collector, like the first final, The Baby One More Time, the pink, the pink one, which I still don't have it. Now they so sell it for a thousand dollars. Do you see mine? So, as a collector, for me, like I'm not gonna pay a thousand dollars. You know, who, yeah. you guys know a thousand dollars is worth a lot of money. You can do a lot of the different things with that. Yeah, that's but I'm half a great package. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say my point as a, as a collector. Look. I totally support for Britney. We all want her to be free. I don't want to have any uh, fight with any other fans. But just as a collector standpoint, buying a vinyl that's $20 over $1,000, of course, I'm going to pay the $20. So don't bash me because of that. I ask you guys to don't do that. I'm still a huge supporter. That doesn't mean that I don't support free Britney. Um, and also, just one more thing. This was different than the other ones. This sales it was really to support the local mm -hmm. business like the record stores they are not you know competing with urban outfitters or any other stores they are not that big so this special record day sales event it was literally to help out those small business so please i hope you guys understand if for those that don't they don't want to understand like whatever i'm gonna still buy my <laughs> vinyls my cds and what do you guys think about it what's your opinion about I it i like Claire, go first, and yeah. then I'll bring in the arguments. So my my rationale definitely complements yours. I said the same thing. I was like, this is to su support small businesses. This was only a limited press of 4,600. Like, it was like, hey, we're doing this. It's made. This decision has been made. Like, that was going to happen, like, regardless. Um, I, 
it's not Urban Outfitters. It's not supply and demand or anything like that. It is. It's support small business. I don't know how Britney's Vinyl was able to be part of Record Store Day. I don't know if... It never happened before. I don't know if the, if the label just decided that. I don't know if her team decided that. Like, that's just like a super unusual thing. Sorry. Um, I, I really, like, couldn't get away from that fact. I was like, this has already been done. Like, there's 4,600... It's been manufactured. It's going to small businesses. It's not going to Urban Outfitters. It's not going to the Zone. It's it's not. It's going to a label for twenty dollars. Like I was like, okay, collectible. Like the pros outweighed the cons, and I know that like a boycott is a boycott, but they already existed. It was going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. It was not necessary. And it was going to sell regardless. A team thing. The demand was there. Yeah, regardless. like it was I like hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. That's it, and it is a rare item. It's it's so pretty. It's like when when are, would you get something like that again? Like I hundred percent understand. So like regarding to the vinyls, like I was kind of on the same path as you guys. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start purchasing them because I'm like they're so cute. I'm not gonna open them. I'm just gonna frame them. And like, yeah. what are the odds? Like, what if Britney is free and we don't get these? Like, I just want to make sure that I could like remember the nostalgia. I don't know, like a certain aspects. And then I started to feel a little bit bad, just like doing some research. Like, does this money go towards the team and stuff along those lines? I think people are trying to boycott the band, boycott the brand because they don't even want like a set going additional because they feel kind of betrayed for so many years. It's like, oh, we have been kind of tricked to only buy official merchandise exclusives through the years and buy so many albums, yet we find out like legally and court documented that she's not necessarily like gaining that money she's allowed an allowance a weekly allowance that it's a very 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 small fraction mm. of what she actually deserves mm. so it's like who is that money going towards and on top of that is that money going towards keeping her under this under the conservatorship so that's like the free britney aspect and we do i mean with the most recent um court filing and stuff like that like britney technically is boycotting the brand like especially like to the zone and not making parents of that she's not performing well not that she had a choice due to covid but like Mm -hmm. she could do digital performances if she wanted to if her team wanted her to they totally would um claire do you have something to say i totally had something to say and also a lot of the i saw a lot of the arguments about this vinyl and all of the you know backlash or whatever was about like britney doesn't want to she doesn't even want to work so why are you buying or contributing towards this okay she didn't have to work Mm -hmm. for this she didn't have to do any of these things thank you nothing like there was like nothing going on this is all old like it's not like it's not yes. like being forced to go to the zone and being paid a million dollars and having to pay it back because you've denied yes. it. Like it's not that she went to the record record studio and then it recorded a new song. There, All yes. songs have been recorded. There was no there's yes. no duress totally there. Agree. Like do, overall, like do we love it? No. Like does it make us feel bad? Probably. But you know, at the end it's of the kind, day, you know like, what I just realized? It kind of reminds me of like. Like, I know it sounds so dark and tragic, I guess, but, like, you know, like, once Michael Jackson kind of died, like, how they released all these, like, you know, demos of him. Yeah. Like, all these, or, like, even Prince or whatever the case is. Like, it's kind of, oh, yeah, Tupac. So, it's, like, what if that money was going towards people that didn't have the best interest of Tupac or Michael Jackson or Prince? You know, well, speaking of Prince, I mean, Lou Taylor has a, a connection to Prince. I die. Even so. though I, I also believe that even though that it does, you know, uh, feed of, of, you know, the Britney's money or whatever, Lou Taylor's money, like we, we don't really know, like even maybe, maybe this whole thing of this new vinyl, it was already uh, 
on the talk back in the day, organize even before yeah, this whole thing, you know? Yeah, so we don't know. But the thing is, I think the bottom line here is we don't want to create any fight with each other. If you do believe that you don't need to buy, good for you. If you believe that you need to buy, good for you too. So just respect each other's choice. I think that's yeah, the bottom I don't line. Think, I don't think necessarily, if I share something on Instagram saying that like, hey, I, rep- I recommend you to boycott the brand, that doesn't mean I'm going to come and bash you necessarily. Mm-hmm. However, like there's certain things like when I, I did kind of like, I try to come from the education aspect. So like I saw mm-hmm. this fan had all this new The Zone merch and I know it's from The Zone. I mean, and I tell him like, hey, just as a heads up, like this is from The Zone as Felipe might be wearing a hat from the zone um but like i try to come from a sincere place like just as a heads up like we are boycotting you know new merchandise and stuff along those lines and there's plenty of fan-made stuff out there um so i think it's coming but i necessarily don't need to bash anyone so but i mean me personally i am not streaming britney spears i feel like a part of my persona is kind of gone um i guess that's where i found this passion to do this podcast and talk about instagram lives and stuff along those lines but yeah i am I am boycotting the Britney Spears brands to a certain extent. However, I definitely have slip-ins. So, like, of I course. used like today just to prep up for today's single. I watched so many sometimes. Oh, me too. <laughs> and every and music me videos, and like different yeah. clips and reaction videos. So I get like, you know, I feel like you have to like slip in every once in a while, but just know, um, you know, just be aware and be educated. Of course. So no bashing. No bashing. We love each. I love everybody. Just I wouldn't do you know, a podcast with you if you were anti-free Britney. Of course, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even do that. Just like you know, like forget about all this is happening. Just let's just talk about Britney. We cannot just be quiet. You know, as we we said in the first or second episode, I, we cannot just be neutral. Right. We have to speak up. Right? I, yeah, I struggle because exactly. this, yeah, this goes yeah. beyond vinyls. Like, this just happens to be our first opportunity to, like, buy things or to boycott, you know, the zone. But little did we know that the whole time she's doing Piece of Me, like, yes, she looked happy during par- parts and pieces. Absolutely. And that and that probably mm-hmm. was a lot of her freedom at the time. That was the only way for her to get out of her house, of if you think. But really, was she there because she needed to be there? Yeah. Contractually, we all know that now. Like, now I feel like an asshole because I, pardon my French, because I got four meet and greets. I forced this person to have conversations with me. Like, and I feel... I feel the same way. In retrospect, I feel like a moron because I'm like, oh my God. I mean, sometimes it was really evident that she didn't want to be there, like some performances. You could really Mm -hmm. tell, but... You, could you know, tell. no matter what, at the end of the day, whether it's about merch or ticket sales or, you know, whatever, like, n- you can never tell anybody what's right or what's wrong. Everyone's always going to have an issue with something. There's always going to be the other side of a coin. Always. And really, oh, if, if this just, is the thing that divides yeah. an entire group of people who are supposed to love one person, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. And I just a side note, just a side note for those that don't know the Record Day Sale event, it's an event that happened every single year. And it's been ha- it's been happening for years. I don't even know, but it's been years. And they only release a specific vinyl or CD or record in that day. So just so you guys have an idea. I woke up at six a.m. I call. I live in Miami Beach, so I called all of the record stores asking if they are participating and asking, "Do you have the Britney uh, vinyl?" So I did all that work the, the night before. I woke up in the morning, guys. I see. So I had to be on the line. I literally felt like you know somebody was releasing a CD. I was you know. What kind of record you, you felt were, like you were in the early two thousands? Yeah, yeah. And then 
the, the nice thing was there was a lot of people. They're not like really, really huge fans of mm-hmm. Britney, but they're willing to buy it because it's a collectible yes. record. So I'm just mm-hmm. telling you that it's not just no. us. People that they even know that exist for Britney, they were there buying. I, it. Yes. Uh, so I right? have I have a friend have that's a vinyl co- collector, and he like he appreciates Britney Spears, but he's not a Britney Spears fan. Like he'll 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 buy what he thinks mm-hmm. that he thinks is going to be a cool cool for his collection, his massive collection. And he told me he's like, I'm buying the Oops vinyl, and I was like, Well, I can't go to where you're going because you're going to get the one that they have. <laughs> so I have to go someplace else. <laughs> For the listeners, who are you, Claire? Who are you? What's your social media? Where do you live? Oh, okay, so Tell I'm us Claire. A bit. Um, my social media is if you seek CK, um, and on Facebook I'm Claire Kentwood. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but people are crazy. Nope. Nope. I've never lived in Kentwood, um, and people are nuts. Mm. And a couple years ago. Um, actually, this is when I had still had my regular, my, like my last name on social media. Um, Brittany had tweeted and put my picture all over like Instagram and Facebook. That was one of our meet and I remember. And she TBT'd me. And my my Facebook page looked nuts. First of all, a couple of years before that, like I had been in the first oh rounds gosh. of meet and greets. And someone uh-huh. from the Philippines recognized my picture twice. And I was probably one of the first oh. fans that had done that, I guess. And so they made a meme of me. And it was my side-by-side pictures, and it was, you know, that feeling that you get when you meet Britney Spears not just once but twice. That was the first time my mm-hmm. my, fa- my Facebook, like, blew up. I had, like, thousands of friend requests because people, they, ta- oh because they tagged me in it. So you could see uh-huh. at the bottom, like, my full name. And your last and name. And I was like, Ooh. So it went nuts. And then, you know, I went, and then for a while I was Claire Spears. And then <laughs> I kind of keep, and I had to keep evolving <laughs> because it, like, is we, because, like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird when people find you like that. Yeah. Timothy, you know from Target that this is a thing. Um, yeah. 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 Well, just she now, like, I, this guy, this person just messaged me on, from, on, about the Target incident. I don't know how they found me on Facebook. I have my full name, like my actual name, mm-hmm. but on social media, I don't have my actual name. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so people are, yeah, so that was, that's my social media thing. Um, but that's how I ended up coming up with Kentwood because I, putting your name out into the world is just really, after you have something like that happen, I was like, people are, people are crazy. Like, I can't imagine being a celebrity. Like, Mm-hmm. That's just strange. So, and I met Timothy four or five years ago, longer than that. Was it 2015, 2014? 2014. Why did you guys meet? How did we get connected? We got connected in a Britney group. And yes, Facebook. we figured out on Facebook in a Britney group that we both lived in Florida and that we he lived in Orlando and I lived in Tampa. And he... He and I were in touch and then he ended up coming over here. He was driving for like Uber or something. Gasparilla. For Gasparilla, which is a big pirate fest. I was dressed oh as a pirate, God. of course. Um, and he ended up coming over, and we, like, hung out and, like, had cocktails. Did you stay at my house that night? I think you stayed over. That's a good question. <laughs> I have. Oh, my gosh. I think I stayed over I, on your sofa. I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> like, what a trust, trust. That's how you are. Like, in the Britney Army, we're just, you know, for the most the part, Army we thing. click. Well, like, you know, like, some people, you, you click instantly, and some of you are like, okay, this is, person's a Britney Spears fan, but there's, like, nothing else to talk about but Britney Spears. Yeah. But I don't know. We felt like we had a good report. Yeah, I just stayed the night. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, we were together for, like, six <laughs> hours. We were, you know, we had tons oh to say. And ever since, like, whenever he's in town or whenever something's going on or we can make a connection, 
we we always do. Oh, and we Michael went to Chicago for Jiggle Ball. We did, we did, and we so we have lots of oh lots of mutual gosh. friends now. So it's it's awesome because now there's like a little crew of us that we've met because of Brittany. But listen, Brittany has given me some of my best friends that I have like in the world right now. It makes me. I was gonna say, I feel like. Like Pontana said in the last episode, every time when you meet somebody through Britney or in a concert, like those those friends, they stay forever. Like you, you know, it's an instantly connection, yeah. and I love that. I love yeah. that story. <laughs> it's funny. Did, did he was was Timothy drunk? No, he was driving people. <laughs> no. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I was driving people. I got into a little scary uh, Uber incident, and Claire saved me. I think. I was like, oh call God. me now. I don't remember. Maybe. I just oh explained. It. I had a scary incident driving for Uber. Yes, I remember. Now I remember. And you were yes, like, um, I'm in some shady situation. for my safety. Situation. That reminds me uh, when I went to see the last show at Pissarmi in Blackpool in the UK. Um, I was in Liverpool. Blackpool, for people that don't know, it's a really, really small town. There's nothing there. Just the festival that Britney was in. Uh, and I remember taking an Uber from Liverpool to Blackpool but there was no Uber Blackpool to Liverpool oh. I met a fan that she was gonna do the meeting grid with me that day and they said oh my god my brother is a tax driver he can take you back to Liverpool oh. so then like it's so much like I love that story because oh, it was a good like, story you know, okay yeah, I was, was making sure it was a good story yeah it was a very okay. good story like- okay so moving on um in our last episode, we introduced our Singles Collection series, and now it's time to talk about the second single, which is Sometimes. So let's talk about it. Welcome to the Britney Spears Collection series. Are you ready? That's <laughs> yes, let's talk about it. Well, first off, I always think it's the third single. It's not. I, that is my mistake. Too. I always think it's the third single because it's the third track on the album. Um, I always think like I, I always think that um, you drive me crazy. The second single. I'm gonna- um, sometimes it's the second single, as we just said. Uh, it was released in April thirtieth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it was recorded in May 1998, and guess where? In Stockholm, Sweden, again. Uh, as Fontana said in our last episode, a lot of the Britney, I think the most of the whole Baby One More Time album was recorded over there. So it was written by this guy named Georgian Alferson, Ellerson, I have no idea how to pronounce this. Hmm. <laughs> and also it was produced by Marguson and David Kruger. The single sold 1.5 million worldwide and gag in the uk it sold out of the 1.5 million 500,000 units wow. of you know pure sales so it's funny because in america it wasn't really like a huge success sometimes it was more successful overseas i don't know why though um when it comes to charts um sometimes it was number one in new zealand belgium czech republic in the UK and Netherlands. In the US, it was only the 21st uh, position. Disappointing. That's, yeah, disappointing, right? <laughs> I mean, just it's kind of random. Like, why New Zealand and Belgium or Czech Republic? I'm not like, mad. Well, first off, New Zealand and Australia love pop music, though. So it yeah. kind of makes sense. Well, and it, was, it wasn't really like... It was an interesting follow-up to Baby One More Time. <laughs> Because it was like slow, but it's got like all these cute key changes in it, and 
It had an adorable video, which ended up really kind of being iconic because, like, like look at like Blink One Eighty Two, oh, yeah. like all the small things. They they didn't mimic Baby One More Time. They mimicked the Sometimes video, which I always thought was super interesting yes. and very cool. It's funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> Speaking of which of the music video, um, it was recorded in February 1999. Uh, actually, February 1999, Brittany was, re- re- was rehearsing for the mm-hmm. video. And she has her she had her first injury on her knee. Do you guys know yes. that? And Paul Walker was uh, supposed I, to be the love interest. I just yes. saw that. I was yes. sh- shook. Isn't that crazy? I was shook too. Yes. Um, I wonder why that video? got canceled. Because then they had to record Ooh. like... Three months later, from the original oh, production yeah, date, so they got yes. another guy. Yeah. So Paul, Paul Walker. Yeah, so I'm not mad about be, the other guy either. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be in February, so then it actually recorded in April. The v- music video was world premiere MTV May 6th, 1999. It was directed by Nigel Dick, which we talked about it. He also rec- uh, directed Baby All More Time and many others. It was shot in Paradise Cove in Malibu, California. Actually, I'm going to California for the first time. I mean, LA for the first time in November. And I definitely want to do a photo shoot there. I want to go. You got to get the all-white outfit, too. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't have the body yet. (laughs) I think the idea of this video was supposed to be Britney portraying to be the girl next door. And then, as we just said, the model, I think his name was Chad Cole. Where did you see the video for the first time, Claire? Oh, oh my God. Well, I'm so much older than you guys. So, ah, come yeah, on. Yeah, I'm so much older than you guys. So I was in like a completely different phase in my life than most people who are Britney fans. Um, but mm. I am a huge music junkie and I always watched like MTV. That's when TRL was a thing. That's when MTV played videos, as we all know, or videos, as, as Britney would say. Um, Definitely, I probably actually like saw it when it premiered. Like I always watched oh, wow. that. I definitely know that I saw Baby One More Time premiere. Um, I remember uh-huh. seeing all those things. I don't know. Yeah, I had to have because by then I was yeah. I was a fan. I was a fan right from Jump she, Street. So she looks so pretty in that <gasps> video. Actually, you, your hair you're wearing right now it kind of reminds what she was wearing in the video. Me. Yeah, she was like a very long oh, hair. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got like the long, like the long beachy way. Here, should I hold a ball? <laughs> the pink ball, beach ball. Yes. With wistfully look away into things and oh look God. picturesque. Let me ask you, like, when I actually was watching again the video today, and mm-hmm. do you guys have the impression that Britney had like bigger boobs <laughs> during this era? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, there's certain eras, like even like there's certain tops, like during the Baby One More Time era, and like the like there's like this pink top that's like uh-huh. skin tight, and I'm like, where did this come from? And then they looked like a little reduced, like within the past seasons. I don't really know. I mean, the like, not albums and eras, um, but yeah, it's definitely like bigger. But this music video, not necessarily. But in some of the the performances I was watching, um, like yeah, like I was like, wow. It's, she's, um, she's out there. Well, I do, I will say the difference between her body from the Baby One More Time era into, Mm -hmm. into Oops, then into the Britney, especially going into the Britney album, she physically changed her body, like, in a way that is, like, unprecedented, especially for somebody that, like, she was, like, 17, you know, and then all of a sudden, by the time she's 20, 21, and she's, you know, all, and then she 
Changed paid, the game. She paid a lot of attention to like her, you know, her body, her cut, what she was eating, what she was her putting image. into everything. I mean, just the way she physically took care of her started to look a lot different because her image was changing. She was evolving as an artist. Mm-hmm. I think when she was, you know, seventeen, of course, like she was, you know, she was in shape. She was always an athlete, you know, whatever. But she had a lot more of like a natural form. Like even, and I hate to talk about this, mm-hmm. even like her teeth. Like everything before that was had a different, a different cadence about it whether it was in tone or in texture or you know whatever so I, I think that 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 her age was a contributor and also the fact that she was developing into an artist um really mm-hmm. says some things like you know when she wears her crop tops and baby one more time or in, in sometimes or whatever that looks a lot different than it does down the road and it's not just the abs no i think that's when i think we noticed it was like the hair differences or the abs but in actuality um you're right, like, 100%. I just didn't pay attention to that because I was, like, five. You know, yeah. I just didn't necessarily pay attention to her boobs or whatever the case No, is. I'm not like, saying that you pay back in the day. No, no but, like, now I'm looking right back now. and I'm like, where? Like, damn, she was busty. She was. She was. So, um, but not, and I, I didn't necessarily notice in the Sometimes video, um, but I did watch um, a video of her talking with Nigel. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. not, Nigel Dick? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, yes. His, that's his name. Sorry. You cannot forget that name. Yeah, how can I forget our favorite thing? Our favorite oh, my oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, she's like she said that she came up with the concept again, and the reason why she works with him is just because they have a good back-and-forth relationship. So far, we've used a lot of my ideas on all the videos, which is really cool because you actually get to see that on TV, and it's like, you know, it's really cool to see what your idea has come, you know, it turns out to be like. And um, I've, I've worked with Nigel Dick on all my videos so far. And he's just really, really cool to work with because he's really mellow and he's really open-minded to what I want. And what, and, you know, and I know he wants a good video and I take that into consideration. And the results always turn out really cool. Um, and that basically um, she's, she has this beach house in, you know, in California, whatever the case is. She's looking at this guy. She's spying on him. She takes a leap of faith and goes to talk to him and then ends up doing a dance number for him to get him to fall in love with her. But what's yeah. funny is I was watching a reaction video of this guy who was watching the music video. <laughs> I love those reaction videos. <laughs> oh, they crack me up and this guy had me dying. He's like, I don't understand. He, she stalked him and then at the end of the music video, he's nowhere, but yet she's on this beach house did she, like, kill him? Like, did she, like, just get this beach house out of nowhere? Like, where did this beach house come from? And she's, like, alone at the end. So it's just, it's, but it's corny. But, um, yeah, that's the, the concept of the video. But I just think it's funny that there's a few versions. I think you guys know that there's there's one that yeah. it's c- kicks off with literally a dance break. And it's, like, a mid-tempo slower, you know. Now she's version. doing the hair flips. Yeah, I love it. I wonder why that wasn't a part. I'm not sure, like, again, like, what was the original, what was the version. I have no idea, but I'm I don't just, know, but I, I live for the version that has the dancing at the beginning. Yes. Like, show yes. me right from the top. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel, I don't know, it's my personal opinion, but for all of the five music videos that we had in that era, I think this one is the one that she was the prettiest. I feel like she was so, like, you know the makeup was on point. Her she looked great. Her tan, her skin. Yeah, her no, she's tan. gorgeous. I don't know, that, gorgeous. She looks amazing in that video. Her Skechers. I agree. Her yes. Skechers and her dance scene. Her, you know, because then she did all the ads for Skechers. Oh, yeah. It just, yeah. it looks, the, I mean, I love the white outfit as much as you guys say, but the black sneakers and the sneakers just bother me. But like, <laughs> it's just not bother me. Like, I don't expect her to wear heels, but it just looks like a Skechers ad. 
Yes. Like legit on the pier. So you guys know that actually the, the song, um, there was like a little scandal because apparently the guy that wrote sometimes didn't really... Uh, copyright. He didn't credit himself. He, he didn't copyright, copyright it. Yes. He didn't copyright it until 2003. So he was suing Britney saying that, you know, she, she was using her uh, his song. Oh. And then eventually in 2005, two years after that, uh, the court decided to dismiss the case. So Britney won. And um, I think now he's credited on the <clears throat> on the song but itself. it was like this huge i mean it was like a, yeah oh no i wasn't aware of that but good fun yeah. fact hmm. yeah i mean not really fair <laughs> fun <laughs> no i mean it's yeah, fun to know Brittany. she's okay yeah he tried to copyright by doing something like simple like he wrote the song in like 1987 or something and then he put it in an envelope mm-hmm. and he sent it to himself and postmarked it and that's how you're supposed to like copyright something when you don't work for a label or whatever I don't know how the Swedish people or Britney's team got a hold of the actual song because he was like more of like a pop gospel gospel kind of small label or small time mm-hmm. songwriter singer guy. Isn't that a question? What not from Max Martin? I don't know. Did Max Martin write the no, song? No, some other no, some no. other Swedish guy gets some sort of credit. I'm pretty think- sure that's what it is. Do I look? Oh, <laughs> she's showing off the sometime single. Like it it has a remix on it, right? Yeah, it says that Jay Ellison so sings it or wrote it. Yes, that guy. And then yeah. she she did "I'm So Curious" as the B side with B Spears and E White. She wrote it. Aww. Okay. Yeah, that's the yes. That's a good fun yes. fact. Aww. Yeah, she wrote it back when she was in uh, Stockholm doing uh, recording "Baby One More Time." Um, do you know that until this day in the UK, sometimes with the third best-selling single in the UK of Britney? I believe it. It's just such yeah. a, it's such I mean, a it's sweet so little random, tune. Yeah. Like, I love this song. I can't tell you how often, like, I, it's weird that that's the song. Like, if you're in a grocery store, you hear that. If you're out for brunch, mm-hmm. you hear that. Like, you know, I, I have. Mm-hmm. I've literally been like, oh, they're playing sometimes. Because sometimes is my, my friend Dallas. It's his favorite uh-huh. Britney Spears song. And Dallas is, like, the biggest stan of us all. So whenever I'm like, oh, it's Dallas's favorite song. <laughs> so you know how many times? I, so that's why I think of it like the amount of times I actually hear it like out because it's like people friendly. It's not some sort of you know yeah. pop jam. It's not anything over the top. It's it's like a lovely little song. Like I get yeah. it. When let me ask you both of you a question. When did you first uh, heard a song? Do you guys remember? No. <laughs> Honestly, but I, I was so consumed with the media and MTV at that time. So it was definitely probably on TRL. It was definitely probably on MTV constantly. I had an older brother, so we'd be watching MTV all the time. Um, but um, it was probably around that time. But I didn't get the album until From the Bottom of My Broken Heart, Air, like single release time. So, yeah, I, I don't remember like seeing it for a first time. How about you, Claire? What is the first time you actually heard Oh, it had to have been on MTV. Well, I don't know. I I honestly, like, I really can't say. So, like, when Baby One More Time came out, I just turned 21. Like, it was, like, totally, it was, like, amazing. Because, like, I don't know. It was was a great great time for me to be alive. But um, I had just moved to Florida, and I started, like, you know, and all of a sudden this Britney Spears person came out. And at that time, like, you know, she was 
so likable and, you know, and all American mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever. But like I said before, like I was a huge MTV person. I've, I, I've always been, I've always been a music junkie and she was definitely like all the rage and like, you know, I worked, I worked in retail and all the girls wanted to dress like her and, you know, it's just, <laughs> you know, she had like, she had that, that whole, you know, like drawing and allure. Um, cause she was, you know, pretty and what do we call it? A triple threat, fa- triple threat. You know, she could sing, mm-hmm. she could dance, she could perform, she could do all these Whole things. Package. Yeah, absolutely. She had the persona, she was likable. Totally. Yeah, it was it was all the above. And she was new and she was fresh and nothing else sounded like her at that time. So, you know, it was like, oh. I actually do remember one fun fact, I guess, like a personal story is that I was at my grandma's house with my older cousins and we were watching MTV. And at my cousin, I remember liking the song and music video, but do you know the part in the music video that they did the heart? Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin didn't like that Britney was in the middle. She just made sure she's like, "Oh, I like I like the heart scene. I just wish she wasn't in the middle." Why? And I don't. Why would I remember that small fact? That's so Who funny. knows? That's funny. But Who knows? Yeah. yeah. What about you, Philippa? Do you remember seeing it for a first time? And yeah. I know you were kind of a little delayed fan when it came to like Rock and Rio. But is that That's the first right. time? Did she perform it on the Oops tour? Yeah, so actually sometimes it was one of the highlights. Like, you know when they, they shot a scene and every time when they talk about it in the news, they show that scene. Mm-hmm. So sometimes was the scene that they recorded. So that's the first time I actually heard. And I think the first time I saw the video, it probably was around... Oh my God, don't judge me. <laughs> but probably, <laughs> probably when my prerogative DVD came out. Okay, no, that's okay. not... It's not that bad. Listen, yeah, it's, it's, so it's not like you just decided while. to not watch this stuff or be exposed to it. That just happened to be when it was. That's okay. Yes, yeah. But I love that. I remember, like, I just remember, like, sometimes it was one of my favorite songs of the Bibo Time era. Like, I, I think maybe because it reminds me of the first time I seen her, but... Oh, speaking of which of tours, um... Do you know that sometimes was in many of her tours, uh, she hates the song now. <laughs> Does she but, actually hate the song now? We don't I actually don't know. know that. It's, see, that that line at the Onyx Hotel tour was kind of a part of a skit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't actually know yeah. she hates the song. Um, yeah, so the song was in the set list of the Baby One More Time tour, Crazy 2K tour, Oops I Did It Again tour, Dream of the Dream, and obviously an Onyx at the end. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, we're counting Onyx as a sometimes performance? Okay. <laughs> I guess we're going to count that. I mean, she does, you know, quickly sometimes sing I run, it, not sing it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. That's funny. Yeah. What's your favorite sometimes performance live, Claire? Oh, could it be a tour? It could be a one word. When they're in Waikiki or wherever, and she's got that cute, like, blue outfit on with. Ooh, she looks so hot. <laughs> and it's like the little, like, little, little top with the sarong. And all the dancers mm-hmm. are, like, around her, and it's, like, all, like, scenic and cute. And she's so animated in that performance and it's and it sounds like her live vocal to me um because she ad-libs a little bit in there so her mic was at least on 
Yes. Um, so I, I think love she that one. recorded and probably did over. Yeah. It was. It seemed very authentic, and I oh oh and I love that one because they keep going to the crowd and there's all these little girls singing she, like like little tykes like they're like you know you can see them and they're like on their like dad's shoulders or they're like down on like the security bar and they're like singing their little hearts out oh my god that's so cute and plus like that show i if i'm not mistaken was the end of the crazy 2k tour and it was free right if i'm not mistaken correct me yeah me. i think you're right it's it was the end of crazy 2k 2k and it was for free Brittany does free concerts you guys how about you tim <laughs> um i have a favorite but uh, i think i'm gonna save that answer okay i think my favorite is dream within a dream just because like it has the uh, medley um but that's a teaser for when we talk about born to make you happy because i think that's my favorite i mean she looks so born cute when she comes happy. out of the box yeah it's so and it's cute. so pretty and it's like a good like nostalgia because i remember being eight years old and seeing that live Um, but like looking back, I love like the innocence of like I, I call it the Disney era because Homegirl had like ten performances at Disney. I just saw one today at Grad Night of like I know she po I know she performed in front of Rock and Roll then I, um, the Rock and Roll coaster. And there's one in front of the MGM um, area and then there's like three I swear at. Disney um, Magic Kingdom yes. in front of the castle, and then there's one yes. in front of Epcot. It is all blurry. I call it the Disney era, but I saw one the today Disney. that I really liked. And it definitely, you know what? Like, my favorite performance, Maltor. Choreography on point. Like, she's live singing. And by the way, I think most of the sometime performances are live. Like Most, not yes. just ad-libbed and not just pre-recorded. I honestly do think mm -hmm. that she is singing over to a recorded track, but then she's ad-libbing when she wants to. But I think the mall, because it's like the cutest choreography. Um, my favorite performance, um, it's from the Teen Choice Awards in 1999. It was a medley with Sometimes and Crazy, if I'm not mistaken. And she serves vocals, okay? If you haven't seen this video, go check it out. I'm gonna put a little bit of a tease for you guys here. It's not that I don't wanna stay, but every time you come to But yeah, so she does uh, sing uh, live in the beginning. It's just an intro for You Drive Me Crazy, because I think she was releasing You Drive Me Crazy as a single at the mm. time. Have you guys seen that performance? Mm -hmm. It's not today. <laughs> it's my favorite. She sings like really, it, you can tell it is alive. And yeah, I did. My Her favorite. dance moves for crazy. It's just, it's, this woman has so many choreographies. of the, mm. And like, once you think you've seen them all, you'll like go on YouTube and you see another performance. You're like, this is a whole brand new choreography again. Yeah. Um, that woman just knows how to dance. Let me go tell you on that. But um, you know what I do remember? And I think, you know, since Felipe brought up the carpool karaoke, there's an interview that she does sometimes <laughs> acapella. Um, oh, and it's so pretty. 
Yeah, so hopefully you can insert that here too. Sometimes I run, sometimes, sometimes I hide, sometimes I'm scared of you, when all I really want is to hold you tight, treat you right, be with you day and night, baby, all I really need is time. So now it's time to break the ice with our guest. Ice. Right. <laughs> so good. Oh, I like this part. Okay, Claire. So when did you start following Britney? Um, I definitely followed her right from the get-go, from 1999 or 1998 with Baby One More Time. Um, I don't necessarily know that I remember hearing the song itself, but I definitely remember the premiere and seeing the video and going, "Who is this girl? Who is this girl?" Um, so that was definitely the beginning, and I was not far in age from her. I, I, people used to tell, and I worked in retail, and people would be like, you look like that Britney girl. You know, like, I, I had, like, oh. especially, like, right in around, like, the oops era, when she started to, like, fl like, blonde out her hair. Um, you uh -huh. know, and you had, like, the, the dark brown glossy lipstick, and, you know, and the tan and the white eyeshadow. Holy shit. <laughs> But also, she was always one of those people that was just, like, near and dear. Because I felt protective of her. Because um, uh -huh. that was, like, when fame started getting really crazy. And, like, the times were definitely changing. And, like, the exposure of things. And all of the gossip. And she was all over everything. And I was like, this poor freaking girl. Like, wow. But I just always thought that she was just, like, really, really sweet and authentic. And um, not at all a person who had, like, a huge ego so i really always loved mm -hmm. and, and appreciated that about her so very humble yes she's a humble queen yes she is <laughs> i want you to ask you what is your favorite Britney I don't. Spears album my favorite album is the highly unpopular uh femme fatale um, is it highly unpopular? Oh. Yeah, it's so controversial because everyone's like you know by then she was so checked out she didn't want to do it this that and the other um but for me, like, there's a whole story about why Femme Fatale is my favorite. One, almost every song on Femme Fatale, straight through deluxe version, could be a single. No questions, or could be a club banger, something. Like, they all had potential bops bops to bops. be, like, like 100%, like, bops on pop. I agree with boom, you. Boom, 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 boom. That was in the time of my life where I, um, she released, she actually, when was it released? Like, March 28th? On, the, on, like, March 26th of that year, my dad had a heart attack. And it was, like, totally, <sighs> oh, like, sorry. no, he's fine. He's fine now. But it was, like, okay, good. It, was this, good. it was the single-handedly, like, most, I will never, ever forget, like, that happening. And Date. now now I'm, like, oh, yeah. my God, March 26th is also when I had my car accident this year. This is crazy. Um, that's a terrible day. That is a terrible day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, Going back to that day, though, like, that was a day that, like, my whole life changed. Like, my dad and then um, my husband at the time was just such a giant asshole, and I, I hope everyone hears this now. He just was, he was awful. <laughs> that, was, that was the day I decided I was getting a divorce. Everything about my life uh. on that day changed, and within, in that week, I bought Femme Fatale. Femme Fatale came out. So that became uh -huh. the soundtrack of where I was going, that year. what I was doing, 
figuring out that I could be a person and I could be alive again. And I could like, I felt like a dead person the whole time I was married. Like I've never had somebody wipe me out so badly and like nothing in my family had happened Mm -hmm. in a really long time. So all of these dynamics in my life changed. And of course, like I always loved Brittany and she was always significant in my life, you know, in terms of like who I listened to and what was going on. But that album became such an inspiration and it did so well commercially it was just terrifying like mm-hmm. how well it did I was going to say and I think it was the the album that she had the most top 5 top 10 I was like singles. and and I literally had a moment where I didn't get a, I hadn't been out of bed really for like 3 days um it was Aww. in the summer and I had that had been the only disc that I had listened to on repeat and on repeat and repeat and um I just, I had one of those moments where, like, I was singing the song in my head, and I was singing, and I'm like, I was like, I gotta get out of bed, I gotta get out of bed, I'm like, I love this album, oh my god, Britney Spears, mm-hmm. and I was like, do you know what, if this woman can have an entire world judge her and come after her in every way, shape, or form, and she can be a complete spectacle and a complete specter of gossip and you know whatever and I was going through all these things in my own life I was like if this woman can get out of bed and go and have this amount of success and still put a smile on her face and tell everyone to F you I'm going to do what I love Mm -hmm. now we don't now we know that it's not necessarily what why but yeah that was literally like the catalyst that I was like okay it's it's time it's time to pick up pick up what's going on and get moving and Mm -hmm. that was that will turn into one of my mean great stories. I love, I love that you you got like a negative part of your life and and turn into a positive. Oh, yeah. Like that was, I mean, thank you for sharing that also mm-hmm. because that is amazing. Like you just overcame that and you're able to speak up and that Britney actually uh, was part of, of your life in a good way. Yes, like I I turned yeah. and it's a total like the case of the underdog and. You know, just kind of like, and just, you know, coming out of something and making something positive and, and motivating something instead of being like, oh, you know, this sucks. No, I, like, I figured it out, and instead it became, like, part of, like, the anthem of my life. Motivation, let's move it, you know, also, like, it was just the catalyst for so many different feelings and emotions and different things that I had going on in my uh, life that turned into something really great. I love People, that. Like, just in general, like, I listen, to, I listen to pop music, you know, to escape sometimes or current reality mm-hmm. or whatever the case is so like even though like femme fatale necessarily not might not have the most like there's certain songs that are definitely not like the most meaning behind it um like let's say i don't know drop dead beautiful or i don't know like you know there's certain songs that necessarily there's not too much meaning but like you could take your own perspective and you could be especially things that you're dealing with um it's like your way of like escapism staying motivated keep it popping keep going and it's like kind of like you're on the right track okay moving on to the next question um what's your favorite single it's so hard (laughs) this is like the worst question that you could ever (laughs) ask a super fan i know um well i'm gonna split it up because i feel like my favorite single and my favorite video always like coincide and i can never really choose okay yeah. i'm gonna say my favorite single is do something oh my god i, I yeah. think i think um ryan had the same yeah ryan said that's her favorite music video oh yeah. okay mm-hmm. so that's i cool. always am in a split between do something for the music video and womanizer so womanizer is definitely my favorite video i can't not look at it <laughs> like, 
Yeah. I can't not look at it if it's on. Like I'm like, or when I want to be like super inspired by something, I don't know. It's it's the it's like one of those visual things for me. Like I just can't deal. I love it. <laughs> you counted how many times you saw Britney Spears, correct? Do you want to go over that or what tours you saw her over or stuff along, along those lines? Because you said you were counting quite a, a number. I got to go back to that piece of paper. <laughs> it's over 20 <laughs> times. I, I, from the first podcast that you guys did and started talking about seeing her and whatever, it made me get out a piece of paper and start to write down how many times I think I've seen her. And I know I have to be missing some, but I definitely, I saw her on Femme Fatale. I saw her on Circus. Um, I guess I, there were things going on in the beginning of, of her performing. I don't know. People wouldn't go with me and I, I wasn't mature enough to be like, I want to go and no one will go with me. Um, now I don't give a shit. I'll go by myself. But, um, not that that Me would too. ever happen, because now I have all the Britney fans <laughs> that are friends. Uh, but I love so that. I saw those two tours. I've seen "Piece of Me" about at least eighteen times. Um, wow! A "Piece of Me." Timothy and I went to Jingle Bash in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We Jingle saw Bash, the, yeah. We, I've, I saw her on tour when she came to Fort Lauderdale. I saw her on tour when she when she did the last show in Austin. Um, I was at all the... Uh-huh. La- oh, you were in Austin, uh-huh, too? I was in Austin. Oh, my God. Yeah. How come we didn't connect? Because co- um, I was with... I was probably with a whole other group of friends. And we ended up waiting... It was a short there. period of time, too. So we had... It wasn't an easy entrance. We had whatever the... No, it wasn't. Whatever the general admission whatever was. So we were there from, like... 9 in the morning, 10 in the morning. We waited all day, and then we were, like, in the front. I mean, we didn't... Wasn't we were cut to, like, at 3 or 4? Oh, my God, it was later than that. It was crazy. Yeah, I got there, like, at 2... Yeah. It was crazy. Like, yeah. we waited all day. It's supposed to be at 9 p.m., and then I remember they changed. They rescheduled, like, for 8 or Earlier. Something. Yeah, earlier. Because it was going to be too late. I'm not upset about the change. Races were still happening when we got there. Like, we could still hear the cars when we got there. Like, it was early in the day. I didn't even see the show with Timo. We we were actually together at the show. The three of us are at the same show, yet we didn't see each other at the show. (laughs) But, I mean, it was a big place. You know, it was in Austin, and, like, there was a lot going on. Claire was visiting. You were visiting. I hosted a party, so it was, like, a lot kind of going on at once. And Claire missed the party because I was, like, she arrived that night mm-hmm. of the party. I did. So, it's, it's, we get it. It's multiple things going on, but we were all there at heart and in spirit. And we were actually there all together, yeah. but we just didn't see each other. In spirit. So this is our chance to reconnect. Get it? In spirit. Exactly. <laughs> Waiting. Um, do you want to explain what British is? <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> so British, especially my friends in Texas, we all we don't speak in any other language except for British, and that's taken from all of her interviews and like, especially from like chaotic and from things when she's talking to Felicia. Um, you know, in documentaries that you see of her when she's able to just speak like all the MTV diaries, when you all of her like her British isms come out when she's like, remember when we were poor, you know, or she says things with like A's like Timothy sent the link out and like and she's like, now I was playing the piano like 
so anything with an anything with an O has an A at the end. Anything else is possibly an or. So you have to. So you don't have tacos. You have tacas. <laughs> you don't have drama. You have drama. Like every. Oh my god. So there's there's like a it's a, it's it's Britneyisms. It's British. So we we say that we speak in yeah. British because that's things that she says. Also, all the British is all the things that she always says. It's you know. Cool, very interesting. It's very interesting and cool. Amazing, um, amazing. You know, you have to keep it fresh. You know, you have to quote all of her things that come from. Thank you, sweetie. Uh, thank you, sweetie. <laughs> even even quoting like um, from like in the oops interludes when she's you know doing all the talking and whatever, and she's like she's like be quiet, be cool. So you know you say something, you're like okay, you got to be quiet, be cool. Um, there's all kinds of little things <laughs> that, she, that she's and, and it's it's from things that she has said or it's it's recorded or it's documented someplace or when you go into a group text and you find 96 messages and then you respond and you say hang on I have to I have to time travel speed because she asks that in chaotic is it possible for to time travel speed is that a, is that a thing because she's asked about like back to the future so all of those like isms and things that she has said that's all that's British. <laughs> I speak a whole other language than other people. It's very cool and interesting. <laughs> so, what's your favorite tour? Um, my favorite tour tour. My favorite tour is. <laughs> um, <laughs> you see, that's a Britneyism. Good job. I have such a hard time with this one because I honestly I uh. think that the circus show was phenomenal. It was like. Mm -hmm. It was like feeling electricity. Um, I feel like just the way that the production was done and the way that the round screens came down, plus throw in some Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson and some amazing interludes. Like, I feel like the production was done so beautifully. Um, and, you know, for the fact that I didn't get to see any of the other tours, I'm sure that they were amazing. But just the setup of Circus, um, knowing that it was in the round and... It didn't matter where you were. You had an amazing vantage point, which I think is really unusual for a lot of performers to do something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that mm -hmm. that created, like, the spectacle of the circus. I feel like it was really, like, on brand and on point. I loved the merch from that whole era. I remember, like, standing at the, bee. At, the, at the merch tents. But also being confused because a lot of it was about blackout. Like, it was all, like, you want a piece of me, like... Um, yeah. There was the red T-shirt that said "Stronger." So everything was from like different eras, and it all kind of intertwined. But I loved the fact that they branded like the B logo with a hat, and that that B logo kind of like you know came all the way through. Um, like, there's no way that people don't recognize like what that is. I loved the signature of that tour of like what what that whole the era tour. brought. I mean, of course, I piece of me is always going to have my heart because that's where. I, Me too. Where I created a family. I mean, there's an entire yeah. family of people that were created because of that residency. So because of that, I can never get away from that. But in terms of, you know, the the merch and everything, like just being on point, the performances were on point. I was at the Tampa show where she said, "My pussy's hanging out." I mean, <laughs> oh, you, I love that. like you can't <laughs> like those are things that like you can't replace. I remember that moment. Like I like I like looked at my friend Tara. I was like. Did you hear that? And everyone around us was like, did we just hear did you that? Say that? Like, it was like, because it was clear as day, but also it was like, there were so many things going on that you were like, 
what? Yeah, so yeah. And it was so quick. And it was so quick. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear. I went to the Tampa show too. Timothy. Um, I'm so blessed. Whoever. I'm so blessed. Whoever that record that part and then we have. Oh my god. You know. I don't know who did it. Thank you. Whoever did Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't hear about it, like I didn't hear it at the concert. I heard it on the radio afterwards when we were exiting the parking lot. They're like, oh, like they only play Britney Spears on the radio, mm. um, like the local channel um, when you were leaving. And they said, oh, and they played a clip, like Britney Spears said this. And I was like, she did? Like, I missed that. Where were your seats? <laughs> I was last row, honey, center in the <laughs> back, the top, top, top. And that Tampa arena is like, big. oh my god, it's it's like steep. Yeah, I get like it's not, it's not that it's big or whatever. It's just like steep. You're like you feel like you're gonna like tip over. Yes. Oh my so, god. So yeah, my um, I went with my cousin and a few of her coworkers, and one of them started getting a nosebleed, um, and like really like dizzy, and yeah, so. What's your favorite moment of the whole Britney career? What's your favorite moment? Oh my God, how, how is that even a question? How, how, does, how does one quantify something like that? I mean, I would probably throw all the, the VMA moments in there, anything MTV, okay. because she was MTV um, for so long, but those, are, those, are, those moments all vary. Like, there's, you know, the iconic performances that we always you know go back to the the even the baby one more time performance you know where she you know came out and did the you know over here that one <laughs> through the oops the oops that performance is just to die for slave to die for then her showing back up at the 2008 vmas and winning all of those awards you know for all of the things for for you know blackout those are moments that make the hair on my arms stand straight up. All of them. I would need a montage of those things to kind of to, to qualify that kind of a question. It couldn't just be a, yeah. a single moment or a single thing or, you know, whatever. It would definitely have to be those things collectively. So how do you feel regarding to your stance on Free Britney? Was it like... You know, like when you first found out the movement and like, how did you kind of like evolve with it? Like, what are your just like your thoughts about it as a Britney Spears fan in general? So initially, and this is kind of what makes me feel like a giant bonehead for, you know, going through all the meet and greets and buying into piece of me as much as I did, um, was I feel like we were sold this narrative that the conservatorship was necessary because it was protected and it was protecting her and her best interests. But I will say in after meeting her and seeing all of just seeing, I don't want to say how generally like unhappy she was. There were just times that you could tell that she wasn't in. And I feel like a broken record saying these things, but um, knowing now that things were not always her choice um, mm -hmm. makes things a little bit difficult on the Free Britney front, but really kind of everybody coming together. I think especially when it became evident that this was clearly none of, none of her choice, that when her, you know, when her kid, when she's having problems with custody because of her family, because of her dad, and because of restraining orders. I know that this is kind of broad, but when we get a look at what her net worth is, 
and we don't see an increase in numbers and knowing the massive success that she has had running she since since just from tour, we know that touring is and a residency is a cash cow right yeah. knowing mm-hmm. that there's been no accumulation of funds there and seeing that there's some, clearly some sort of a mismanagement and here and here you've got an unhappy woman that isn't charge of when she gets to see her children how she gets to spend her money and as things have kind of come out it's shown that this has been a counterproductive thing um, and knowing that other people have exhibited this kind of control. We all heard her for, for, and for the record and we were all very sad for her. Um, mm-hmm. But we saw some things after that that, you know, that displayed somebody that probably needs support, but maybe not this support. So with that said... Free Britney kind of really became like a big thorn in my side, knowing that <laughs> that there's a lot of legalities of things that she's not being considered for, and it's not even that she's necessarily mm-hmm. interested. Looking back, we're seeing that she has been checked out for a long time. She wanted things to mm-hmm. stop for a long time. She has not had that option. She has been essentially a work slave for other people, and yes. It would be different if these were her choices and it was something that she wanted to do, but that's not the case. Um, And I have a really weird thing to say about it, and I think that this is the thing that probably really set me into motion the most and really red flags jumped up was I was able to go on an archive tour of a hard rock. I was able to meet with a curator and go through relics of everyone everyone and everything and I ended up having a really interesting conversation with this curator about how they how hard rocks acquire things and I said you know what about and he knew I was there for Britney Spears like he knew I was a giant Britney Spears Mm -hmm. fan I had a Britney Spears tank on when I was there so we pulled up all of the stuff that the hard rock has for Britney Spears we I we were able to look at the entire catalog I mean we were looking at it on a computer and he could tell me where it was for location when the last time it was displayed how it was displayed like it was all up there but this is what really bothered me was I was like so you guys have the baby one more time schoolgirl outfit you have that you have that here I said, how is that even remotely possible? And he said to me, he goes, a lot of her estate was really mismanaged for a very long time and everyone was very aware of it. He said, they did not protect her things. Um, that's how a lot of this is out in the world. And I, and I brought up, I was like, you know, the, the, the slave for you outfits. I was like, those are, those are living in someone's private collection. I was like, how could something like that happen? And he said, well, oh my God. This is, he's like, this is what happens, though. He said, you know, if an artist, you know, she has, they they have teams and they have management and they have all of these things. And whether they're deciding that they're donating it or, you know, whatever, he said. Selling. If you don't have the kind of people that are interested, you know, especially when it's coming up on an auction. If you don't have the kind of people that are interested in maintaining a memorabilia because it's an artifact or because they don't care where it goes or because they want the money or because they want the dollars and cents, they're not looking out for the artist, for their brand, for their future, for, you know, their archives, for, like, what's going on. And he was like, a lot of that happened very early on with a lot of her things. And and there was, so there was the awareness of that. So, like, that's how the Hard Rock got that outfit. They bought it. Oh, wow. So, I mean, wow. that's what they have to do a lot of the times. But, or sometimes things will be on loan. But, like, if Britney's people 
we're aware of this kind of thing. Great, you can loan that shit out all day long. Like, great, you can have this outfit for two years. Like, they can do that. But instead, they sold it. There's a lot of stuff that's been sold. And this guy gave me, like, this whole spiel. And when I heard that, and then, you know, combine that with a conservatorship and knowing there's all of these constraints and all of these things going on, like, I was, like, blown out of my shoes. Like, I was like, who is running this shit? Like, pardon pardon my Mm -hmm. language. I was like... Who's yeah. who's running this? Who is making these decisions? How is this beneficial? What's going on for her career? Where is she in this? Mm-hmm. Like she can't be involved in everything, but also when she's being so limited in so many different capacities, why is this even happening? So I was like right from the get-go there's something going on from from the beginning of her career all the, all the way controlling this. This this person who cannot right. do anything that she's, you know, wanting to do. But that was like a like a giant like standout for me and that's when I really became like I've always kind of been opposed to the conservatorship after seeing circus and seeing her do all of the things and knowing how unhappy she was at that point. I was anti, but I thought this is going to be something that saves her financially and keeps bad people away from her. Unfortunately, it has done the opposite. It has kept bad people with her mm-hmm. and it has not saved her financially. So, free Britney. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, um, I guess the last question is that what, if you had a message um, to Brittany and she's listened to this podcast, what would you say to her? I would tell her, have the world, I have my 93 year old grandmother praying for her. Um, but to, uh-huh. prior to knowing that her legal team is starting to like step up and that. Sam Ingram is really starting to advocate for her and he wants to hire a team. Mm-hmm. I would tell her, my sister is an attorney and I come from an entire family of attorneys. And my sister specifically has said, she's like, I would go, I would go take the California bar so I can represent her. She's like, I don't have a dog in the fight. She's like, I know about this. I know Aww. about this. I know about this. She's like, I, she's like, I will go and help Brittany. That's, I mean, that's what I would want to just be able to offer her help or just my ear or just even to know that I could be a confidant and just know that I would be her, you know, Fort Knox for anything that she had to say or share. And I wouldn't tell the world, like I wouldn't be one of those people for her. I wouldn't want to be the person that says, you know, we're going out to dinner and you're paying for everything. I don't want to be an opportunist. I want to be authentic. And I really think in real life we would be friends. I'd like to thank our special guest, Claire, Claire for being part. If you CK. You were definitely one of our first uh, listeners to reach out to us. And I'm so appreciative that you can still following us. So thank you so much for your time, for being here. Do you want to say what your Instagram is again? Um, yeah. Would you like to say anything? If you CK, you'll find that most of my content, especially in my live <laughs> Um, <laughs> things are all Britney related. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I have to say the least. I share a lot of the stuff that Timothy does. Um, but I'm so excited to be here. You guys are on such, such an amazing journey doing something like this and having these kinds of frank conversations and including fans like me. So I'm so happy that I could be a part of this today. This is amazing. And anytime that you need a guest, you let me know. Cause I'll be here. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, no, and so I want to I want to put an emphasis like this is not just uh, Timothy's and Felipe's podcast, Timon Lipa's podcast. This is our Correct. podcast. If you're listening, please DM us. We're on Instagram. It's Original Delta Podcast. Send us a DM. Share us your thoughts. We love the voice memos. And if you don't have Instagram, also on the Anchor app, you could leave a voicemail. Correct? Yeah. So if you actually listen to this episode or any other episode in any other platform. Form, such as Spotify, Applecast. In the description of each episode, there is a link. If you click on that link, it goes straight to our voice message. You don't need to have the Anchor app or anything. Oh. We definitely want you to have it, but if you don't, it's fine. You can still leave the message to us without it. So please, we encourage you guys to do that. In this way, we can still connected with you guys. And also, um, we still like feeling alive to do and continue doing what we're doing this, because this is for you, for us, for everybody. And yeah. Yes. <laughs> thank and you guys. Feel free to give us a like and follow. Yes. No, thank You're you, Claire. You're so wonderful. All right. I love it that you guys have done this. Peace out. Have a good day, you guys. See you guys the next All right, week. Let's, next let's go to our phones. Bye. Bye. Do you want to be featured in our podcast? Send us a DM on Instagram. And hit that record button and send us something. You actually might be featured on a future episode. Baby, what you see is what you get. Hi, what's up? This is Britt, and I'm not in right now, so do your thing. Beep. <laughs> I'm just kidding.